Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. Coulter, here's the first question. We, you talked about this in the news. Who do the Grizzlies need to replace? I mean, they do need somebody to replace Dalton Snead at quarterback. The guy who's been now on the roster for the past couple of seasons has played for the University of Montana is Cam Humphrey, transferred in from Boise State. But also, a new transfer has come in, Robbie Patterson from Saddleback Community College. He will be a sophomore, a redshirt sophomore, as he you know is on the team this forthcoming season. And... Redshirt freshman Chris Brown, who had a lot of people talking and buzzing in camp and scout team and so forth when he was playing last year in his redshirt uh, season as a quarterback. We know that this is, you know, that that all of these competitions are and all the positions are pretty open for the uh, for the Montana Grizzlies and all that. I think that this quarterback competition though is more open than people think i think that a lot of people you know assume it's cam humphrey it's his senior year and he's going to get the gig by the way last season 63 of 104 for a thousand two yards went over a thousand yards passing in relief of dalton sneed a couple of games that he was injured had a six to two touchdown to interception ratio and had a couple of very good games but also the game against the vandals is a game i think that kind of sticks out for people where after a couple of games he came into that one and it wasn't going well and Dalton Sneed came in and and completely turned the tide of that game Montana had a propensity to do that to have that was their whole MO slow last year. starts and then and then all of a sudden get it going so I'm not sitting here saying look if Cam Humphrey stays in that game Montana they they won going away against the, uh, the Vandals ultimately and it's not just about one guy even if it is the quarterback but clearly that was a an improvement in that instance in that moment for the Grizzlies and, and a spark that they took and made great use of 
But also, I mean, you're talking about some talented kids here who are also on the roster, even though as of right now, there's only, along with Carson Rostad, who's a freshman who I, I think is going to redshirt, I would assume is going to redshirt. Uh, they're the only quarterbacks on the roster, man. There's three guys. And so I'm very interested to see how this develops. What is your thought about the quarterback situation for the Grizzlies? Have we talked about the Dalton Sneed appearance on the uh, Montana Mint podcast? I don't know that we have. Okay, so Dalton, not to plug a completely different entity, but Dalton Sneed did an interview, which we'll get an interview with Dalton Sneed here soon. Don't you worry out there, loyal Tutel Nuanas fans. <laughs> We're just waiting for him to get back from California, IA, but uh, Arizona, IA. He's, I think he's training Cali. Okay. No, 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 you're right. You're right. Dante Olson and, and Josh Sander are training in California. Okay. Dalton's back home in Arizona. You're right. You're correct. Um, he told a story that basically his first day of spring ball, when he was about to compete with Gresh Jensen for the starting quarterback job, there hadn't been a depth chart released for the quarterbacks. And Bobby Houck says, number one offense on the field. And everybody kind of looks around, and Dalton Seed says, okay, and just runs out there, starts running with the ones. Well, he never relinquished the number one spot. Why is that story important? Well, it shows the initiative of Dalton Sneed. It also stirs the pot in the controversy that was Gresh Jensen's then-subsequent departure from Montana. I think all the people that stood on the table for Gresh Jensen said, well, the guy never got a fair shake because he never got to run with the ones. If it was as simple as taking initiative and implementing yourself with the ones and then never giving that spot up, so be it. But I think that's very indicative of what Bobby Hawk wants in a quarterback. He wants the guy that wants to take charge. He wants, in his ideal world, all three guys would be running out there, right? Yeah. It wouldn't be just one guy. It would yeah. be everybody running We're out gonna there. We're going to arm wrestle for this thing here. So, uh, although Cam Humphrey has been in the program and has started games for Montana, I don't think that, especially with this specific program, that you could ever say that someone has a leg up. I think there will be no leg up. They will just be a competition until there's not one, and I expect that competition to go into mid-August. Yes. I think that there'll be all sorts of fluctuation. And it, I think that the only thing that will cause for there not to be fluctuation is if guys stop competing. Yeah. I think that's one thing that I think the receivers were the group that had to learn it the hard way, but then acclimated to it the most the most quickly was that it does it truly does not matter who you are in Bobby Houck's program. If you played like if you did not play up to par the previous game or the previous day in practice, you're not a one the next day. It does not matter. I mean, I remember Cole Anderson telling stories. Like, he's two-time first-team All-League guy going into his senior year's preseason All-American, running with the threes on a Tuesday because he didn't, he didn't show up and it was not with it on a Monday. And the receivers, I mean, Samari Toure was not the entrenched number one outside receiver until two games into the year. Mm-hmm. And then he broke Mark Mariani's single-season record for receiving errors in a season. That's the brilliance of the system. You push even your best players with guys like Mitch Roberts like they did all year. They had Mitch Roberts pushing Torrey all year long. Yeah. And that's what this quarterback competition is going to be all about. The, any guy that gets emotional or gets down in the dumps because, well, now today Chris Brown's the number one. Oh, I'm, I'm Cam Humphrey. I'm not the number one today. You got to just you got to embrace it as a challenge and go right. win it. The, I will say this, though, too, in terms, in terms of the quarterbacks before we move on. Yeah. Saw pictures of Robbie Patterson. He's listed at 5'11". He yeah. is short, but 
he doesn't look like a quarterback. He is very put together. I thought the pictures of him, mm. he, he looks like a great athlete. Bobby Houck mentioned his running ability specifically when they signed him. Mm-hmm. He looks like a guy that can definitely take some hits. He looks like an athlete who can actually carry the ball. Well, we'll see. We'll see how things develop. And you got uh, the guy who's the senior on the team now, the incumbent in uh, Cam Humphrey. You got the guy who does look like the prototypical quarterback in Chris Brown. And then you got a transfer athlete from the ACC. Uh, who's uh, you know trying to, or excuse me, from 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 Saddleback Community that is you know has expectations of uh, of what he's going to be able to do as well. So we'll see kind of how that develops. Two Tell Nuanas, one two nine ESPN Radio. Coulter, um, let's talk about some of the guys that are no longer on the roster here. Guys that had eligibility left in total. You counted up fifteen guys that and had it actually moved to sixteen as of this 16? morning. Okay. Connor Quick from Helena Capital. He moved into the NCAA transfer portal. This was just a couple hours ago, honestly. I, did, I just reported this right before we went to lunch. So he was a guy that was maybe going to be, at the very least, a depth guy at center, uh, but probably would have competed at that center spot. That's the one spot where they really need to find somebody. Cy mm-hmm. Sermon far exceeded expectations last year in his first year playing center, earned second-team all-league honors. Um, Skylar Martin has played there a little bit. Can he take the next step, though? And the Connor Quick, as a third-year sophomore, was expected to push there, compete there. So it does hurt. But the other guys that are no longer on the roster, Darian Nash, which we know he's grad transferring. He already went to Idaho. That's been announced. Senior kicker Brandon Purdy, which I think that one hurts a little bit because Purdy was an all-league guy as a sophomore, then gave up his spot when he was hurt to Tim Semenza, and they came back last year was was good. He was actually very good. Would you say he was pretty good? He was pretty good. Hey! Hey! Dad's here. You never know, though. I mean, there, there's some, like, none of these guys, I know the definitive reason why they're left. There's some guys where there's some personal stuff that, you know, you just can't really talk about on the radio. I just I know that Brandon Purdy is a great student, and he yeah. might have just graduated and moved on. Regardless, we're not going to speculate on the stuff we don't know about, but junior safety Michael McGinnis is moving on. He has uh, a great internship that was going to take him, but he was going to have to move away from Missoula for a mm. period of time. And as we know about him, a kid from Sydney, Montana, he came to Montana as a preferred walk-on who has a full academic scholarship. So he's a phenomenal student. Yeah. So he was definitely a, a good special teams guy for them, but you can never fault the kid for, for walking well, away. I think the guys, though, that are of note, we talked about Darian Nash already yep. and yep. Trans, grad transferring to Idaho, and that's... You know, you don't know all the, the, the reasons or the connections that a kid has, but there's always, you know, graduate transfers that do this sort of thing. Often we've seen, especially at this level, that it's a graduate transfer up to the FBS level. Uh, this transferring not just to the FCS, but in to another team in the same conference that was not as good as the team you were on is, is sort of you go, well, okay, well, what went into that? We don't know what went into that, but we do know that that's what happened. And he Paramount did graduate. State transfers also arrived on campus that's right, right before the decision that's right. was made. So, you know, you, you, one thing that has not been made clear to me, though, is is Darian Nash going to play corner at Idaho? Because Darian Nash came to Montana play receiver. Yeah. And Darian Nash was not just like an okay guy who had to move to the other side of the ball. Darian Nash was an incredibly highly recruited receiver out of Charter Oak. Who's the quarterback in Notre Dame? Ian Book. That was his quarterback in high school. Excuse me, Kevin Cassis' quarterback in high school was, was Ian Book. Mm. There was a couple other high-level FBS guys, though, on that Charter Oak team. And Darian Nash, he came here as a very highly touted receiver, so you wonder if maybe he gets a chance to play offense. Yeah, maybe Randles. maybe you know he had a promise of, of getting to the other side of the ball. Who knows? Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do. So I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and 
secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. And we talked about Brandon Purdy. Adam Eastwood is a kid who came in. He came with Bobby Houck from San Diego State. And last year, or two, now two seasons ago, his freshman year uh, was the workhorse. He was the guy who led the team in rushing and was, uh, you know, productive in he, – he was the most productive running back in a running game that struggled, but was a guy who, you know, still had plenty of eligibility left. And then last year, Marcus Knight, you know, explodes onto the seam and really backed up by Nick Osmo and Eastwood's opportunities were few and far between last year. And – it just doesn't look like that's going to change. Whether there's other things going on there that go into a decision like that, who knows? And and I don't know what he's doing. I don't know if he's done playing football or if he thinks he's going to transfer somewhere, like something like that. But you can kind of see the writing on the wall from a playing standpoint. The guy who I think is, you know, again, it's hard to quantify a, a, a loss when there's no real tape or anything on the field that happened, but Dimitru Saligor, yeah. who was brought in as an offensive lineman from Moldova of yeah. all places, uh, was I remember Bobby Houck just you know really raving about this kid, about signing him, and man, you know y- y- you're not going to know who this kid is, but wait till you see him go. No idea the circumstances of him leaving after his freshman year, um, but this is a guy who presumably ex- the expectation was he was going to blossom into a really, really good offensive lineman, and now that is not going to happen. When you go watch practice, especially during fall camp, when you're kind of trying to learn the guys, this day and age there's so much turnover in college football, so there's always going to be 30, 35, 40 new guys, and then half the guys change numbers, so now your head's just spinning. Half right. the guys, you don't know who's who. Yeah, But... Salagor, just from a physical perspective, what he looks like, that's what they look like. I mean, he looks the part all day. And then I don't know what happened, but towards the middle and end part of the year, guys that are banged up a little bit or maybe coming back from something, they wear blue jerseys. The mm-hmm. the front seven players do. The quarterbacks and stuff wear red jerseys, but the they wear blue jerseys, especially because a lot of their practice uniforms are already maroon. Yeah. So blue jersey is kind of like the injured guy jersey at Montana. But Sal Gore started wearing a blue jersey. And so I kept seeing this guy, and I was like, who is this? I was trying to get a look at him with his helmet off. But he's, I mean, he's 6'6", 275, and there's a lot of different ways you can look when you weigh 275-plus pounds. Right. He looks the best way that you can look. <laughs> it, it's a bummer because, honestly, like his – just, just watching the. I mean, we're getting into nerd status here, but just watching his kick on his pass pro, like watching him open his hips when he's pass blocking, 
a lot of guys that come to this level at that size with that length, they're projects. And when they're young, they don't look great. They look like awkward baby deer. Not this guy. Yeah. He looked so smooth and fluid. So to me, of all the guys, in, uh, there's guys that have more name recognition here mm-hmm. on this list. Right. To me, that's the biggest loss on the list because to me, they have a couple offensive linemen that have potential that are young guys, but I think they're a little ways away. He was going to be a guy where I think that if you were to really work with him for one more offseason for nine months and throw him in there, yeah, he was going to really have a chance. A couple other guys worth noting that moved on. Josh Egbo, we knew that was going to happen. He tore his knee up last year and then ended up graduating early, so yeah. best of luck to him. Jed Nagler's a guy that I'm going to always wonder what if with Jed Nagler because I think that he just got caught in the wash. He's a kid from Whitefish who was athletic enough, he probably could have come to Montana and run track. I mean, he was a state champion in the 100 meters, the 200 meters, the high jump. Amazing athlete. He came to Montana. I thought he should have been playing outside linebacker from the beginning. He played receiver, and he just toiled for his first couple years. Well, then he hadn't been training like a front seven player, and they got switched to the front seven, and that actually was pretty good. He broke the two deep, and he played a little bit off the edge last year in Coach Houck's second season. Yeah. But then he got hurt. And he's never was able to make his way back from that. And I, those are the kind of stories that I hate, man, because yeah. he, he he didn't get the right opportunity early. And then when he did get an opportunity, he got hurt. He and couldn't, it, yeah. and it was just robbed from him. So that's a bummer. And then Mason Vineyard was a guy that transferred in from Washington State last year yeah. who everybody was wondering about. He could never get his grades right. And so I think that it was kind of a mutual agreement that uh, he wasn't going to be there. But all the rest of the guys, you can check it out um, on the roster. We'll have a little blurb on it on Skyline Sports as well. But... Yeah, I think it's interesting because whenever all this news comes out now, because we have Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and the message boards and all this instantaneous media, people just freak out like, what's happening to the program? Why is Choate and Houck running everybody off? And it's just how it goes, man. Yeah. And in college football, you're just going to lose 15 to 20 guys every offseason. Well, it's just more highly reported now. So I just think that, I guess what I'm saying is, any big sky cards football fan out there, don't freak out. It's just a part of college football. And, and none of, most of these guys, it's not as if they hate the Grizz or their yeah. experience or anything like that. Most of the time, it's just because you either couldn't break the rotation or you just got hurt. I, uh, I, you're, to think about this in terms of running people off, though, Coulter, you're absolutely right. Because there are some kids that do get, quote unquote, run off, where, I mean, uh, that, 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 that either can't handle it or that a coach particularly wants to, you know, wants to push particularly hard to put it lightly or maybe actually wants them to make the decision to go away. And that does happen, but that's the minority part of this. And you don't go, oh man, you know, winter condo was so tough, 15 kids quit or something like that. That's that's certainly not, you know, the the the, the reality at uh, just about any program that you would go to. It's 2 Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. We spent some time with the Grizzlies. Let's talk about the Cats a little bit. Montana State. Their number one player coming back, certainly Troy Anderson, but who's number two? Because they have a lot to replace as well at MSU. We'll get into that a little bit. Hey, right after this. This year marks the 16th annual Customer Appreciation Day at Grizzly Hackle and Fly Shop. The first Saturday in March every year, they kick off the fishing season celebrating the world's best customers. Since 1988, out on Rock Creek, they have been proudly serving the fly fishermen living in Missoula or traveling from all over the world to fish our great waters. It's their pride and joy to know that their customers have kept them in business for all these years. This year, the Customer Appreciation Day will be bigger than ever. They have a great lineup of companies that will be on hand to show off their their gear and answer any questions you might have. Sims, Patagonia, Orvis, Winston Rods, 
Nautilus Reels, Dirty Fly Water Company, and Umqua. Try out waders, cast rods, see new flies, or check out the latest and greatest in gear in the fly fishing industry. The best fly tires in Montana will be on hand, showing you how to tie their favorite flies. Grand prizes and hourly giveaways from Sims, Patagonia, Yeti, Umqua, Nautilus, Hatch, and more. Their entire store, 25% off. Don't miss out on this great day. Grizzly Hackle. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. they got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. But with the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home, even when you're not. I'm interested to know because that 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 answer is clear. And by the way, I mean, I I I flippantly talked about the fifty percent, which he was. Uh, one of the I hate seeing any kid get hurt, but also injuries are a part of sports, part of being alive, first of all, and then it's certainly a part of sports when you're running around and football when you're running around into each other. Okay, so I get all that. The the injuries that Troy Anderson suffered in the offseason and throughout the year last year were one of the biggest disappointments I've ever had covering sports because of what what he is as a player and what he couldn't be last year as a result. Yeah, I mean it was it was horrific to watch. I mean I mean, don't you feel There's that you, get, you, you you missed out on something special that you can never regain? You missed out on something special, but also when when a guy just breaks his ankle, okay, that sucks. It's bad luck. He's going to be out. But, but it's, it's, totally, it's totally different than watching someone just get ground into dust. Yeah, Troy was – I mean, he had shoulder surgery last offseason. That was not fully healthy. But then as soon as he screwed up his ankle and then he kept playing on it, I don't know. I ranted about it last football season, but Choate had his comment where he was like, Troy Anderson has the same injury as Dalton Sneed, but I'm not going to be the one to tell Troy Anderson he's not going to play. I get the notion of promoting toughness in your program, but at some point we got to help this guy out. Yeah. You can't just let this dude, I mean, he was a shell of himself by the end of the year. But also, there's adults and there's kids in this situation. And Troy Anderson is a beast of a human, yeah. but he's still a kid. So he's got to help this guy out. Yeah. I mean, you can't just ride the pony until he's completely can't even move. I, I just, I thought, it, I agree. I thought it was completely sad. I also thought it was crazy, though, how much attention Troy Anderson received. That part's not crazy. That's obvious why he would receive so much attention, both from opponents and in the media just the interest that he has around the state. But ironically, 
when he was removed from the equation, it's not as if they got better tangibly in terms of their talent on the field, but because these the specific focal point was gone and because of they didn't have to then scheme up all these ways to what are we going to do with Troy? How are we going to bring him off the edge? How are we going to get him a carry? How are we going to manage his minutes, so to speak? Once that was gone, then they could just play ground and pound football and just whoop people's butts like they did down the stretch. And it was crazy because they were actually better after they shut him down. Yeah. So uh, it was very disappointing to see how it all played out. And honestly, it was just, it's a year lost. And now here we are. The kid was a flash in the pan, lightning in a bottle as a freshman. Freshman of the year that played both ways. Wow, what's his potential going to be? What happens when he finally starts to develop at one position? Well, then he doesn't play either of the positions that he's supposed to play as a sophomore and somehow, some way, wills the team all the way to the playoffs by playing quarterback of all positions. And then they go away from that and keep going round and around and playing them all over the place. Right. And now, all of a sudden, here we are, and this is it. He's got one year. Yeah. And that, it's just crazy how fast it goes. To tell Nuanas, 10290 ESPN Radio. So here's what I'm going to do, Coulter. I'm going to give you my second, third, and fourth most important players in Montana State. And you know these guys, you know this team better than I do. So I want you to tell me how close I am to being right and okay. where I am not right, okay? Fourth most important to me, Munchie Filer. He comes back as a cornerback and uh, holding down the secondary in this team that lost a couple of guys, notably Braden Conkle from the safety spot. Yep. And so I think he's a huge, huge piece to this. Third, Isaiah Ifonse. When he was out in the middle, they made do, but it's just it was just so clear. I mean, he's he's such an unbelievable running back. I mean, he, he is an all-conference caliber running back and perhaps more heading into his junior season. If he's healthy uh, and can be healthy, what he brings them in the run, bag, uh, run game excuse me, is really, truly irreplaceable. And then the 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 third guy that I think is is absolutely you know critical to this team on a team that lost a bunch of guys off of the offensive line is Lewis Kitt. He's my second most important player uh, returning after Troy Anderson as, first of all, a giant guy, 6'6", 300-plus pound offensive lineman, and a guy who's absolutely gotten it done. That was the 100% strength of their team when you talk about the unit last season was that offensive line and what they did. And he is the guy that needs to be, and he was great last year. Oh, I mean, he, he doesn't need to take quote unquote a step up or anything, but he's going to have much added responsibility being, you know, the, the, the central veteran on which that group is going to hinge this year. So there you go. There's my top three after Troy. Uh, I think those are all good uh, in terms of the Munchie Filer note. I think that uh, oftentimes observing the social medias of these young people is a waste of time and, and sometimes toxic. But there's some guys that are very revealing when it comes to social media. And Munchie Fowler's a guy that really wears his heart on his sleeve. And he tweeted all last year about just how depressed he was mm. because he was hurt all year. He wasn't having a good time. He's from Compton, living in Bozeman. And he was just like, man, this winter is just killing me. Mm-hmm. He tweeted the other day, I can't believe how good I feel now that I'm healthy and back with my boys. A positive mental attitude from a guy who's competitive like him. I mean, he is an awesome kid. I love interviewing him. I can't wait to have him on the show this next year because just his introspective nature and how real he is, he's a throwback, man. It's like talking to somebody that grew up in the 80s like we did. He's an awesome dude. I love Mm -hmm. him. And I was just concerned for him because it is a culture shock to be living in Bozeman, Montana, 
if you could go through it with your teammates, it's okay. But when you're having to go to rehab all the time and you're nursing an injury, you can't practice, you're living in the cold, that sucks. And so I do agree. I think he'll be a key for sure. To me, this is going to be about replacing the best players that they lost. And I think that the hardest to replace player on this team is Mitch Brock. Left tackle, he started 50 straight games for Montana State. Now, the under Jeff Choate, the model has been groom the up-and-comer at right tackle while you have this entrenched left tackle guy. They had Dylan Mahoney for a couple of years before Mitch Brott took over. He was the right tackle, and he switched to left. They've been doing that with Connor Wood. He's been the right tackle for two years now, but it, can Connor Wood play on the blind side? That's the biggest question to me because Connor Wood is a pure, in my mind, potentially even NFL, borderline NFL caliber mm. power tackle. I don't think he has the athleticism to play the left tackle spot. Now, a lot of coaches this day and age will tell you that it doesn't matter. Right and left, everybody's playing just to the wide side of the field, so it doesn't really matter. You know, the whole notion of the blind side and compensating for the Lawrence Taylor. You're just standing there with your back to half the field all the time. Right, but like, happen. people are moving the pass rushers all around. Yeah. It's all about who, where the wide side of the field is. That's where the action is almost always going. That's where the positions are determined by. So who knows, but Connor Wood or whoever steps into that left tackle spot That'll be big for Montana State. I think the second most irreplaceable player is Braden Conkle. Where do they find a safety to step up? And I do think that Wood has an inside track on being a good one. Safety's a little bit more muddy because they do have Luke May, who's been a depth guy, but has not necessarily risen to the occasion yet. They brought in Jeffrey Manning, who's a transfer from Oregon State, so I think he'll be big. But it's not just Conkle. they got to replace Jacque Allen and JoJo Henderson, too. Right. They played all three of those guys often, and they would play Conkle up in the box. Where are you at there? There's been a lot of speculation. <laughs> Trey Anderson trying out at safety? Who knows? I don't know if that kid really needs to learn another position at this point, but considering what they have on their roster, to me, that's the point of biggest concern. Mm-hmm. And then you talk about the next guy that you need to replace, that's Bryce Sterk. Amadre Williams was an all-league guy last year at the buck-end spot. That afforded Sterk the opportunity to move to the strong side. But how do you replace a guy who's one of the great physical freaks the big sky's seen in the last 10 right. years? I don't really know. They do have a stockpiling of defensive linemen because that's first and foremost what Joe puts a priority on in recruiting is is the lines, offensive and defensive line. But I don't know if they have that twitchy top-level guy. They did bring in Tyson Regiball last year, who yeah. was a JC guy, and then they ended up playing him in four games but redshirted him, yeah. which I actually thought was a smart move considering. So they do have him. He looks the part. I'm not really sure if he's ready yet. Kyle Finch is a guy that's flashed. He's from Dillon, Montana. But I don't know if they have that next-level elite athlete there either. I love your pick of Afonso. I think him staying healthy is going to be key. I do think they're going to have some more depth there. They were trying to slow play Demarius Hosey last year. They ended up redshirting him. He's going to be a dude. That could be a great one-two punch with mm. Afonso. I think that Afonso is way more of a power guy. Hosey's way more of a slick guy. Yeah. And then Lewis Kidd, I think that he's – I agree he's one of their best players, but he's the one of the ones I'm the least concerned about because well, he's just been there. He's been the dude at the strong guard and spot since he's a freshman. that's why I picked him because right. I think he's got to be the anchor, which he is on that offensive line that's going to have – new faces on it now going into this season. Sutel Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio. Fun time of year, man. March, get some spring ball, get some basketball going. It's great. Speaking of basketball, Grizz Grace, the Coaching Tree Podcast, episode 8, coming out this evening with Wayne Tinkle. We got a little snippet of you to listen to a piece of the podcast with Coach Tinks right after this.
Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do, so I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber-secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. Coulter, it's time now for our weekly segment uh, previewing as we have been releasing Grizz Grace the Coaching Tree podcast this week. Wayne Tinkle, a, uh, a guy who is certainly beloved around western Montana, really anywhere he's ever been, which is basically everywhere. I mean, this is a guy who is from the state of Washington, from Spokane, came to play for the University of Montana uh, as a player, went on to a huge uh, professional career spanning over a decade, both in the United States and internationally i mean i mean show me a country that 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 wayne tinkle in you know western central europe whatever hasn't been to played in and 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 whatnot and what a what a life for his kids his wife his children and he tells stories about this in the podcast which is great but this is uh uh was such a fun conversation and now then coming back and being an assistant coach for three different coaches before being the head coach uh himself at the university of montana and obviously going on to where he is now at oregon state i mean only he had direct contact by playing with for Mike Montgomery and Stu Morrill. Yep. Blaine Taylor as an assistant under Stu Morrill. And then he coached under Don Holtz, Pat Kennedy, and Larry Kostoviak, and they became the head coach himself. So he has actually directly interacted from a playing and or coaching perspective with as many, if not more, than all these guys. It's probably Blaine Taylor and, and Wayne Tiggle that have had the most crossover the in terms of true yeah. contact. So that part in itself is fascinating. And then you mentioned, I mean, he spent 20 years of his life, basically, in Missoula, even though he's not from here, then also has lived all over the world. A guy that's lived in everywhere from Topeka, Kansas, to Rapid City, Michigan, to Belgium, Sweden, Spain, Italy, Greece, Granada, and then back to Las Vegas before he finally hung him up as a player and now living out in Corvallis, Oregon. And uh, I'd known Coach Tinkle for a long time, and it's like I said in the podcast, you know, I only ever thought of him as Mr. Tinkle, right. not Coach Tinkle, <laughs> right. when I was a kid, because my brother is really good friends with his oldest daughter, Jocelyn, and so, you know, I always knew that he had basketball background. How could you not when you're six foot eleven like he is? But he's the nicest guy in the world, and he was always so good to me, even as I transitioned from just being the neighbor kid to a guy that was reporting on his program. But uh, I love Coach Tinkle, and he is a great ambassador for the University of Montana, even though he's not here anymore, and I know he takes a lot of pride in his alma mater. The Grizz Grace Coaching Tree podcast is brought to us by Mike Bryan, Gary Bryan, and Mike Nugent at Berkshire Hathaway Real Estate. Go check them out. Also by Stockman's Bar, proud supporters of Grizzly Men's Hoops for over 50 years, and by Blackfoot Communications, 
Blackfoot is building a high-capacity fiber network to connect businesses and homes to the world. Visit goblackfoot.com for more information. Now a little snippet from Chris Grace Coaching Tree podcast coming out later on this evening. Wayne Tinkle. What was the biggest challenge when you first became a head coach? Do you remember anything specific that was such a difference that maybe uh, you didn't expect? You know, the big thing was was finding out the kind of players that were going to respond to the way, you know, that I coached. I think, you know, early on, you, you, you want to prove that you're worthy, so you get a little caught up in wanting to do things a certain way, and, and then after you just kind of relax and settle in, it becomes a little more natural, but the big thing was getting the kind of players that you thought, you know, everybody was going to really, really appreciate. And instead of, you know, knowing that and trusting your eye and your gut, getting the kind of character, you know, it was all going to work out in the end. So I think that was probably the biggest thing, just proving that you're, you know, we're going to be worthy of that opportunity. And, you know, fortunately we were able to get there. In 2009-2010, you go to the first NC2A tournament of, uh, of three, as Colter mentioned, three and four years. What was that like for you, though, as a head coach, to be going to the tournament for the first time as the head man? That's what you wanted to, you know, when the big sky, you got a one, you know, one one team makes it to the NCAA tournament, one bid league. So you want to prove because that's the ultimate. And so when we were able to accomplish that, it was like, okay, you know, we've arrived. And, and then you look at the manner in which we did, um, you know, coming back from, you know, down 20 at halftime at, at Weaver against Weaver State, um, it was something. And, 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 and then that bus ride home was incredible, uh, you know, and, and, and so it was nice. And then we went and we had a heck of a heck of a performance against New Mexico, almost upset them in the first round. And, and so it was neat that we, we felt like we'd established ourselves, you know, and, and, and then that kind of set up the momentum. Uh, you know, for what we were able to do the following years. One of the greatest performances ever in Grizz Athletics history, Anthony Johnson, in that game to lead you guys all the way back. What do you remember about the zone that he got into? Because that was just out of out of this world, the, the zone he got into to lead you guys to that win over Weber. Oh, yeah, it was incredible. I mean, I remember walking to uh, the locker room at halftime, down 20, and kind of asking the staff, okay, what, what do we do here? What's our approach in the locker room? How do we get these guys turned around? And, you know, one coach said, oh, you know, we need to bang the lockers and yell and scream. Another coach said, you know, we just need to take a calm approach. There's 20 minutes left. And then it just clicked. I said, I know what to say because we had been there a month earlier in the regular season and we were down 10 at halftime and we came out and, and took an eight-point lead in the second half. So I told that to the guys and I said, how many point turnaround is that, fellas? And you could have heard a pin drop. I think the guy's trying to do the math. And finally, <laughs> our walk-on, our walk-on football player Justin Roper, the quarterback, says that's an 18 point turnaround, coach. And I said, well, there you go. I said, all we need to do is is a repeat performance, but then make the plays down the stretch to turn it to our favor this time around. And I remember taking the court with about a minute to go in halftime and Anthony Johnson ran back into the locker room to use the restroom. And he said, you're going to see a different man, this half coach. And sure enough, he just went nuts, you know, 34 points in the half scores our last 21 consecutive. It was just an unreal, unreal performance. And Jim Valvano's uh, brother, Bob was on the call there for ESPN. And he's to this day, I bumped into him a couple years ago, still says that's, 
the most unbelievable postseason effort that he's seen to this day. Him and a whole lot of other people. I mean, that's. His... I was working at the Ellensburg Daily Record, and that game was on TV. Yeah. And I had to drive to Yakima. It was a big rivalry game between Ellensburg and, and West Valley High School. Yakima and Ellensburg are only 20 miles apart. Right. So their rivals are, even though they're not in the same town, I mean, it's like really close. And I show I, I was like, I got to leave. I got to leave. I got to drive to this game. And, and I said, okay, the Grizz are losing. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave. I'm going to leave. Anthony Johnson gets a bucket. Okay, I'll watch for another minute. Another bucket, another bucket, another bucket. The guy gets 15 buckets in a row. <laughs> I'm sitting there. I cannot believe my eyes. I'm standing fully dressed for work, just pacing in my living room like, well, I can't leave now. I can't leave now. Right. 34 points later, it was unbelievable. It was one of the most transcendent performances you'll ever see. No doubt. He won an ESPY for it. So, right. I mean, what else do you need to know? There's not right. been a lot of ESPYs coming down on the Big Sky Conference, but that was, that was one of those all-time moments where, you know, we – we talked to Eric Hayes when he scored 32 points against UCLA, and he said, man, sometimes you just never know when you're going to have that night, mm-hmm. the greatest night of your basketball career. And if it perhaps happens in a championship game or a tournament game, what a feeling. And it's happened for several Grizz. Eric Hayes it happened for. Andrew Strait against Nevada when he just took Nick Fazekas to school and the Grizz won an NCAA tournament game. Anthony Johnson to take down Weber State. It's amazing that it's happened to multiple Grizz over multiple generations. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a remarkable thing indeed. Uh, Grizz Grace, the Coaching Tree Podcast, Episode Eight, coming out this evening with Wayne Tinkle, is brought to us again by Berkshire Hathaway Real Estate and the Mike Bryan, Gary Bryan, and Mike Nugent of uh, the Berkshire Hathaway Real Estate team down there. Also, Stockman's Bar, Stockman's Bar, been in business for over 50 years and supporting Montana men's basketball all the way through and by Blackfoot Communications. Blackfoot is building a high-capacity fiber network to connect businesses and homes to the world. Visit goblackfoot.com for more information. If you're looking for Grizz Grace, the Coaching Tree Podcast, just go to your favorite podcasting sites and search Grizz Grace. It's very easy. There's a ton of episodes, by the way, and we've, we've talked about this a little bit, but we have all the coaches, okay, and we're, we're coming up on it. I mean, Wayne Tinkle, then we'll have Travis DeCure, then we'll have Robin Selvig, and then all the guys before. But also, I mean, there is, I don't know, 8, 10, 15 bonus episodes, mm-hmm. certainly in terms of the total number of interviews, probably coming up on 20, whether it's coaches, players for all of these guys at, that have been really fun to talk to and uh, a little bit shorter, you know, 10 to 15 minute type of style of, uh, of conversation just about uh, each one of these coaches, their time playing for, coaching with, coaching under, whatever it might be. And uh, and so check those out as well because there's some some there are some gold in those stories that some of the the, the guys that have joined us on these bonus episodes we certainly appreciate uh, all of the folks that have but there's there's some fun ones in there no doubt always fun to catch up with these guys and it's just funny to listen to guys reminisce now because these guys at the same time it was a long time ago and they're not old men but it was a different lifetime and uh, it will be fun to continue to share those we'll continue to roll those out throughout the next couple weeks as we continue to complete this podcast series boys and girls once more last time here's the PSA don't go to the basketball game tonight there isn't one even though it says Tuesday on the ticket Grizz Northern Colorado is on Thursday we're going to give away a pair of tickets to that game tomorrow so join us right back here for that thanks for 
being with us on this Tuesday. See you then. Tito Nuanas, ESPN Radio. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.